Hi, I'm Ethan Suplee. Welcome to American Glutton. Outside of acting, my two favorite things to do are diet and eat. I have a very complicated relationship with food, and on this podcast, we're going to talk about all of it. Food as entertainment. Food as sport. Food as fuel. I'll talk to experts and the average person, just like you and me. Today on American Glutton Podcast, I talked to Alexandra Gray. I had the pleasure of working with her on a movie called Gossamer Folds, which has not come out yet. She is an actress, musician, writer, and you can find her at Alexandra Gray Official on Instagram. Alexander Gray, welcome to the American Glutton Podcast. Thank you for having me. A lot of what I talk about and I talk to people about is dealing with their body, dealing with the their association with their mind with their body. And something that I have experienced so much is having an idea of needing to change something with my body, changing it and not being happy with it. Mm. And I... I'm certainly not equating what I've gone through to what you've gone through because I think they're completely different. But I do see some similarities there in from five years old on, my body was wrong. And I didn't understand that, but it just wasn't right. And I still struggle with that. And I'm just really interested in hearing your perspective on this. Yeah, I think for me, you know, I'm I'm a trans woman. So uh, for me, I think I knew as early as five that something was different, you know, that this this wasn't the body that I was supposed to be in. And so, uh, but you know, when you're growing up in the way that I grew up in the projects, um, south side of Chicago, you don't, you don't have the language to really express what's going on. So it took me up until I was in my senior year of high school before I actually realized what a trans person was and that, oh, maybe this is what I, I've been feeling, you know, for, for the longest I just thought, oh, maybe I'm gay, you know, I, I like men and... um you know, that's fine. But then after kind of dealing with, um, because I grew up in foster care as well. So after kind of dealing with that and getting to a place of independency before going to college, that's when, um, you know, I started to really start thinking about my body and thinking about what is this that I'm feeling and and I'm wanting to wear dresses and wanting to do all this. And um, so, yeah, it just didn't come for me until my senior year of high school when I really started and then you know, obviously there was just a process of when I was like, I just couldn't take it anymore. You know, it it just became so depressing because you wake up every day and it's just like, I I was really handsome too, right? I was fine. Um, (laughs) But, um, you know, all the girls, all the boys wanted me. But, um, you know, I couldn't, I I wasn't happy. You know, I think in college I really started to... um, step into my own and say, well, if I'm going to be a guy, I'm going to be comfortable in this body. But it just didn't work. None, none of it worked. And so I was sitting in my trailer at the time, and I was just so depressed. And I said, you know what? Can we curse on here? Of course. Oh, okay. I said, fuck it. You know, I'm I'm just going to go see a doctor. I'm going to figure out what I'm supposed to do. And it was so easy. And I just called up my doctor, and, and they got me started on hormones. And Things just started to change. My body started to change right away. It was to the point where I had to transition within maybe like a few months. Um, I just wanted to start taking them to see how I felt and reacted to them. But, I mean, my breasts started growing and my hair was growing longer. And I I was starting to get mistaken for like a tomboy. 
on college camp. I had guys opening the door for me. I was, I mean, I was dressed in like sporty clothes, guy clothes, but they they were opening the doors for me. People would just say, yes, ma'am. Like, I don't know what happened. It was crazy. But basically, I just, I, I made that change. And so obviously, after transitioning and like now, you know, I'm kind of going through a whole nother physical journey with my body. And is that, is there a lot of pressure on you to do that from yourself or from outside sources? Like, what is the the physical changes that you're going through? What is motivating that? You know, I think, and my friends kind of get on me about this because a lot of times when I talk about, you know, maybe wanting to have a little surgery here or something like that, I'm always referencing it in terms of my career and saying, well, you know, I'm going to want to do this scene and this type of scene and... I want to have things looking a certain way, and um, hormones only do so much, you know. I, I mean, <laughs> and so they're always just like, no, you should always want to do it for yourself. And I'm like, well, I do want to do it for myself, but um, also I want to be successful in this business and I want to feel comfortable. And um, for the most part, I've gotten through um, my career so far with just having my body in its natural state from hormones. And so... You know, I um I think now, especially now that we have this downtime, I've been working out a lot more. I've been eating. I've been getting all organic products. I'm not a vegan yet, okay. um, even though I use the hashtag sometimes on Instagram. But it feels like you're being moved towards that. <laughs> it does feel like I'm being moved towards that. I mean, now I only shop at like Gelson's or Whole Foods, and I have all my groceries delivered because we're in the pandemic. But I just love it because I feel like I'm cooking more and people have been like, oh, you look smaller and you've been losing weight. And I'm just like, oh, my gosh, am I sick? You know? Yeah. But I and also I've been dancing a lot. So I've been working out dancing for like like four or five times a week. It's amazing. Yeah. One of my kids told me recently that I looked smaller and it it actually but it made me sad because I was like, no, I'm I'm supposed to be a giant muscle guy now. And the way she said it, I was like, that's not, don't, I don't want, don't say say that. that. (laughs) No, yeah, I'm still gigantic. Yeah, no, no, you, yeah, you still, I I actually think more than that, I I don't know when that change happened from the time that we did the movie, but I feel like we were both just like eating so much food. I mean, you were eating pretty healthy though. Um, (laughs) I was trying, but Louisiana doesn't make it easy on you. I had Popeyes like every other night. Yeah. Give me a two piece and a biscuit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but no, no, no. I mean, I don't know. I just saw one day you posted a picture and I was just like, who who the fuck is this? Right. <laughs> I was like, you're, and you're just like, been so much. So I think that even though you are smaller, you definitely oh, still look like a, no, but you still are a giant okay, in that good. sense of there, like. We, we've, we've patched it up. Yeah, we've patched smaller it up. Smaller to gigantic. <laughs> yeah, it is very counterintuitive to, to, but I think it's true that for muscles, if you reduce fat and show the muscles more, you kind of look bigger, even though you've physically gotten smaller. Mm. That's what I'm telling myself, at least. That's yeah. what I'm knocking on wood to hope that that's truth. <laughs> I don't know if that's actually true. Yeah, I'm in this weird state right now because now that I've been losing the weight, it's nice to have people tell you, right? To, yeah. And to say, wow, what have you been doing? Somebody actually asked me, they said, are you okay? You look very thin. I was like... Excuse me. Yeah, how dare you? Yeah. But now looking at the, you know, we, we're in the movie together at Gossamer Folds and um, looking at the, the pictures from that and the steals and the trailer, I'm like, 
Honey, I was hitting those donuts. I mean, but I tell people that I have yeah. to gain 25 pounds for the movie. Right. That's, that's my— It was method. It was, it was for the I character. It was method actor, right. Yeah. I was just like I was really trying to get into character. So, yeah. um, but now hearing people say, oh, wow, you look great. And, you, you know, and I love dancing and I love eating and cooking at home now. But there is a procedure that I want to have done, um, cosmetic procedure. Um, but I need fat to do it. Right. And so I've had to stop working out um, for the, I've stopped working out two weeks ago. And I just feel like I'm still not gaining back the weight or whatever. So I'm in a weird spot right now. But I also think for anything medical like that, you don't want your body to be stressed out from dieting. Cause, right, because it's it is it is stressful to your body to diet to with to withhold calories. So that's mm. good. I think it's a double whammy there. You get to put on a little bit of fat, which is justified. Yeah, and you get to chill out on the stressing of your body. Yeah, and I wonder too because I, I I don't know how much of like diet um, contributes to weight loss and, and how much working you know exercise. Right. I, I heard diet is a huge part. Massive, yeah. I think. Yeah, so I think that for me, it's like I, I just incorporate vegetables in everything that I do now. Yeah. Um, or I, I just get all my I, – I usually get fresh produce and then I have um, frozen produce like when I get low on it. But um, I just steam all the vegetables. So, so even if I decide to cheat, right, and say that I want to have like a White Castle's burger, little White Castle's burger, I um I either where steam- where, where are you from? Because there's no White Castle in Los Angeles. <laughs> I know I'm from Chicago. Okay, but um you know they have White Castle's burgers in the freezer, which are right like, I didn't yeah. know that. Okay, yes, it's like you processed bullshit. Yeah, it's, right. it's horrible. It's not being steamed, which that was the big thing about White Castle, right? The burgers are all steamed. That's what yeah, that's what I imagine. Yeah. But it's not steaming in the microwave. Well, I guess it could be steaming in the microwave if it's like a steam bag that it comes in. It's probably the worst shit that you can eat. But oh, God damn, it's delicious. It's so good. Yeah. But what I do is I steam like Brussels sprouts or something and then I'll chop it up and I'll use it as lettuce and I'll put it on the burger. Oh, nice. So whenever <laughs> – I- <laughs> I know I'm crazy, but that that's always been my like subsidy, right? It's just like if I'm going to get Popeyes, I'm just going to get the Popeyes chicken. I'm going to cook some vegetables at home and all my vegetables, I just steam them. No butter, no seasoning, no oil, nothing. I just steam them fresh yeah. and I drink nothing but water. So I, I, I try to do a good balance. Like if you're going to cheat, yeah. you know. You can make up for it. No, I know. I, I uh I I used to crash and burn on the cheats and it would be like cheeseburgers, pizza, milkshakes and everything would go out the window and mm. now it is much more I think I I'm not I'm not I'm not stealing your thunder and saying yeah. that I chop up Brussels sprouts and throw them on my burger for health but <laughs> but I won't do soda also or milkshakes because that feels excessive. Yeah. Yeah, and I think because um and honestly I say this that COVID-19 has really, it's fucking horrible, but it's really changed my life completely. I mean, I've literally adapted to being in the house. No yeah. men, no no, no friends, no, you know, in, in like human contact in that way. But it's just changed so much for me because I'm on this routine now that I, I never was before where I am d- doing the dancing four to five times a week for two hours and I'm just sweating my ass off, you know, yeah. and, and I'm cooking. I'm, I mean, I'm, and I'm cooking because I'm so paranoid of like ordering food out and, and having containers that are contaminated and I don't want to go out and eat in a restaurant. So it's like, it's really forced me to um, just reevaluate my health and everything, which I think is a great thing. And, and hopefully once this is over, 
uh, I can go back to normal, but I can can take this new found discipline with me, you yeah. know. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. You you talked about your friends giving you a hard time because you want to change your change something. Right. And it, it had me thinking about how we as in the entertainment industry, so much of what we're selling to people, for lack of a better word, involves us physically. And like for me forever, I mean, as far back as I can think about my career, I was the fat guy. And that was such a big part of it. And now that I'm not, I mean, I, I still think of myself as fat, even though I think technically I'm probably not. But, you know, then if we look at, <laughs> if we look at like the standardized scales, I, I, I'm obese, you know, just based on my height and weight. But I have very little fat on me. So who, right. who knows what I am? But I think it will be hard for me to actually detach that truly from my identity. And when I was properly thin, I didn't like it. it made me really uncomfortable. I, I enjoy size. Yeah. But it's it's almost impossible to separate that from the the job that we have. Hmm. How does that does that mess with you at all? Yeah, you know, I think so far in my career, a lot of the roles I played, um, other than this one on Empire where I'm kind of playing this superstar you know, my my storylines haven't necessarily been fleshed out in a way to where, you know, my body image matters at all. Right. Um, but I, I think that the further that I continue to go, I, I'm going to want to play the love interest. I'm going to want to play uh, the leading woman. And um, I think, you know, there is an expectation that you look a certain way. Right. But what I love is that I was just watching The Invisible Man last night. For the fourth time. The new one? <laughs> yeah. I haven't seen it yet. It looks very scary. Oh, it's, it's, it's really good. Elizabeth Moss. Oh, God. I mean, she's, she's awesome. A, she's amazing. Yeah. And watching her and and people would say that she's not like your conventional, typical Hollywood blonde beauty, if you will. Yeah. But um, I just think she's so phenomenal and she's so raw and, and I think she's fucking beautiful. But um, I, I just love actresses like that and like Viola Davis who – it's just they are how they are. They are who they are. They're not like stereotypical of what you think actresses should look like, but but they're phenomenal. And and you just focus on the performance. Yeah. And the whole movie, I mean, Elizabeth Moss is like, you know, being desired by this gorgeous man, you know, the invisible man, um, without telling you, giving away. But, you know, she's being desired. And I, and I love that because it's like— you can look however you look you in in for the movie I mean she's really rough in the movie you know what I mean the right. character so you know it's not like you're getting like super curled hair and all this all this extra stuff so you know for me I just try to re- to look at those performances and say it doesn't matter what I look like for the most part I just want to when I lay in bed at night I just want to feel comfortable when I you know take off my clothes when I'm you know put on a bikini or whatever you know I want I want to Look, you know, I want to look and feel great and, and feel comfortable in my own skin. Yeah. For, yeah. It, it, it's weird because I, for so long, I, I did a version of that where my idea was I should be 100 pounds lighter. I should be 150 pounds lighter and I'll still be the fat guy. And I'm just not doing it because I want to feel also I want to just do what I want to do. It was a very nihilistic point of view that 
that was even incoherent at times of just like a very uh, base thing of, uh, you know, I think it was wrapped up in addiction to where I couldn't get out of it. But I think I, I always knew like I could still be the fat guy and be much healthier than I am and much more comfortable if I took a little – if I if I addressed this thing that I know ultimately right. I have to address or my life ends, you know. Yeah, for sure. Um, I just couldn't – I don't know. It was like a train that the train was moving. I'm not getting off the train, you know, because it's it's going. There were no roadblocks. So mm. it was very odd. It was yeah. hard to, to to tear it all apart. And then I think it really took me going like, what's the most important thing? This, which separates me from this career that I've had, but it is it is it has become the most important thing, whether it's for me or for my kids or for my wife or whatever. Mostly for me, I think, that I went like even if it costs me work, I have to do this. Yeah. You know? You know, I have to say that, uh, and I'll be a little vulnerable here, that for me, I am a sugar lover, right? Um, when Just growing up, box of Mike and Ike's a day. You know, I, the big box. <laughs> you know, I, I was just uh, crazy, you know, with the sugar. And, like, I, and I used to get those Hawaiian punch juice juice things from Walmart for two forty nine, dollars And um, <laughs> And I would just drink that. And so— I had, I remember years ago, I went to one of my doctors and she said, I didn't understand, you know, A1C levels and all of this stuff. I didn't understand what any of that was, but she just was talking about points. So I always remember points and she's like, this is the average point. She's just like, hey, yeah, you know, you want to just stay under this. And so I cut out juice and soda and all that together. So I just been drinking water for like five years now. And... um but that doesn't mean things stop. I feel like with more success and more money, just you just start to eat whatever you want. And so last year, I was just work. I was working so much, and you know, I went to just like, yeah, I should get a checkup, do all the blood work. Um, and I hate going to the doctor because I'm always paranoid. Um, yeah. You know, I've I've lost a lot of friends to, at, at young ages to cancer and to. So there's a part of you that is so afraid of, oh gosh, I don't want anything to be wrong and. You know, when I went to the doctor last year, you know, I, I I actually got my results in the mail. I didn't open them up because I figured if, if something was crazy, the doctor would have called. And so I'm like packing to go to Europe for this shoot. First time on a, on a, you know, international flight for 10 hours. So I was terrified. And then I come across my medical results and I'm just looking at it. I mean, it's just curious. And it says something about my H1A1C levels, right? And it was like... The average is, I guess, 5.7, right? Mm -hmm. And I was at like a 5.8, right? Okay, this is not so bad. (laughs) I thought you were going to say some scary number. No, I mean, but to me, obviously, I'm just like, oh, God. And and, and the way – and I totally know my dad has diabetes – but also he's in he he just got out of prison for after 30 years and um you know so you're diabetic in prison you know you, there's no sort of dieting there i imagine right and so i was obviously nervous but then i thought no i don't think this is um just hereditary right i think it's um it, it's me I'm I'm being excessive. Yeah. Right. I I I used to go to Seven Eleven and get the family pack size of Sour Patch Kids, and it was so good that I would go back the next day. Um, 
just to get another one. Yeah. And so I knew that it was like, I have to change up my ways. I have to stop eating the fried foods. I have to stop going through the drive throughs I mean, it, and it showed, I think, in a lot of the roles that I was doing. I mean, I look at this stuff and I'm like, wow, I was, I, I was to me, I was like, oh, I was huge. But um, ever since then, I mean, I had all these snacks and shit that I was going to take on a plane with me. I literally, no, I had like donuts and Twinkies and like Sour Patch Kids. I had all this bullshit that I was like, I'm going to be in the hotel for two weeks. I'm going to, you know, have a great time. I threw all of it out. I, it, was, it, it was like this moment of like, it, it takes you to your life to flash before your eyes. Yeah. I barely can like keep up with my hormone regimen. So if I have to inject myself with some shit every single day, no, no. Right. So I completely stopped. I mean, I was eating vegetables. I, I mean, I'm ve- I can be very disciplined in that way yeah. to where if you if I know something is right there and it's scary, I'm going to stop that shit altogether. Yeah. And so, I mean, I stopped completely and started working out every day and— I haven't gotten the t- tested again for that particular thing. But, but look, <laughs> if you if you really cut if you cut sugary beverages out of your out of your diet, and that was a huge part of what you were consuming, I think you, I think you probably will put a huge dent in that. Yeah, I have a kid. I think we're talking about type two diabetes. I have a kid with type one diabetes. She's never gotten a five point eight. Five point eight. We would do cartwheels and backflips if she had a five point eight. A1C. I mean, it's it's not insanely high, but you know, if she if she eats a piece of bread, her blood sugar is going to skyrocket, which will affect that. Um, wow. Yeah. So I think if you were pre-diabetic, and I don't even know if that number is considered pre-diabetic. It seems they, it said early. It said early. It said right. early pre, and so and so for me, I was just looking at like. The numbers, right? And and I um, have mentors who are like six point two and six point four, right. and and so it kind of talking to people about it, right? Because for the longest, I never wanted to talk about it, yeah. Because I was just so scared. I was like, oh my gosh, like this is crazy. You know, I'm only twenty eight, and you know, but talking to people about it and understanding, it's like no, like th- your doctor didn't call you because I went off on the doctor. I was just like, why didn't you call me two and a half <laughs> weeks ago and tell me so I could change my life? Yeah. And she's like, well, it's not that big of a deal, so we don't we don't necessarily call, but you should always look at your results. Right. And she just said, yeah, you just have to exercise. I wasn't exercising. Right. You know, I, I'm my metabolism is low, so I like to think that I'm all I've always looked pretty small. You know, <laughs> right. but so it, it's just a good lesson that. It does not matter. Like health, you know, it can affect anybody on any level. Yeah. So the best thing to do is just take take care of your body the best you can. Yeah. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Okay. And so now you've lost weight and are you happier? Do you look in the mirror and go like, check me out? This is, I'm, this is what I want? <laughs> I mean, yeah. Because I look in the mirror and I it starts exactly the same way every time I look in the mirror. I see problems. Mm. I see areas that are not reacting the way I want them to react, muscles that aren't as big, fat pockets that are that look like they've never been affected. And then I have to talk myself into finding mm. something to admire. Wow. And and then by the end of it, and then my wife is like you spend more time looking in a mirror than any one of your daughters or myself and we're girls and we're doing makeup and stuff. And I say, well, okay, do you want me walking around all day miserable about how I look? 
Right. I have to do this. I have to take a minute and go like I'm I'm affecting myself positively. Yeah. I think the best thing about me is that I don't know that I necessarily pick myself apart, but I do know um, what it is that I want. And and, and now that I'm seeing that, I, I'm like, it's killing me not to dance every day. Like, it's killing me. Like, I find myself sometimes just moving to the beat. I'm like, fuck, I just want to go to the living room and just turn up. Yeah. But, you know, I'm like, I can't do it because this, this procedure I want, right? I'm like a total open book. Like, I don't give a fuck. You know, um, this procedure I want is a fat transfer, right? To, to, because I want to achieve, I, I want an even more feminine body, right? You mm-hmm. know, um, hormones and stuff do so much. But So they take fat from one place yeah. and put it somewhere else? Yeah, like they take it. Like, for me, my fat kind of grows in, like, the tummy area and maybe like my upper back and so they take that and they transfer it to like um your hips area like i have a nice ass like i'm fine but like i I want a little bit more curves right i don't want to be like kylie jenner but uh you know (laughs) we want to be somewhere in like the beginning of that sure (laughs) an early stage of of that whole clan yeah Yeah. the whole clan um and so because like let's be honest that clan gets cartoonish at some points it it does i mean I, you know, I don't, I, mm, yeah, it does. And I think what bothers me about that is that, like, black women for so many years have been told that their bodies are, are just too urban and, and not appealing. And now when the Kardashians, you know, pump their asses and their hips, it's just like, oh, okay, this is like high fashion. This is just beauty and, and maggot worthy of being on Vogue. And you're like, we were here. It's just like we've always been here. But but that, that it, it happens in everything. It happens in music. It happens in everything, right? Yeah. You can't appreciate real R&B music until, unless it comes from Adele or Sam Smith. I, I noticed that most none of my kids have bodies like that. But I did notice, um, you know, I when I grew up, I'm much older than you. I have kids who are almost as old as you. <laughs> and when I grew up, the girls that I grew up with, including my wife to this day, would take their eyebrows and basically whack them in half. And it was all about thin eyebrows. And mm. one day I looked at one of my kids and was like, I, what's happened to your face? Like, I don't understand. And she had d- dyed her eyebrows dark. And was very happy that they were thicker than her mom's. And Mm. I was like, I don't understand. When did this – when did we shift here? The Kardashians. Yeah. Yeah. I hated eyebrows. Like that was the eyebrows, wearing glasses – all of that stuff for me growing up was just horrible. I mean it was – And now it's all a thing. Now it's all a thing. And so I think it's just best to just do whatever the fuck makes you happy, right? Right. You know, I think that that's that's the best thing for me is that I really just don't give a fuck, yeah. you know, about what anyone has to say. You know, yeah. I, there was some troll on one of my Instagram posts yesterday and she's just like, honey, you look like a black gay man and something like that. And I was just like, all I said was happy Sunday. Right. <laughs> you know, I'm just like, why are you so mad? Yeah. But I really just don't give a fuck. I, I laugh at it because it's just like at the end of the day, I have to go home to my bed, I have to go to my house and my life while those people have to go to their life. And you have to go to bed knowing that you're okay with you. Yeah. And at the end of the day, I'm okay with me, you know? Yeah. And so, and I think that, hey, if you want to do some shit, like, I know that hormones won't necessarily give me the curvy, curvy body that, you know, I, I'd but like the, to have. But the beginning. The, but the beginning, yeah. right? And so, I, I, it's like, hey, okay, do the procedure, right? If it's safe and, and it'll make you happy, do it. Like, I can honestly say that it's not about oh I want to do do this and then I'm gonna want to I'm not gonna be happy and I'm gonna do it again I'm gonna do something else and something else it's like no I know exactly 
what it is that that I want, and I know exactly what's going to make me happy. Yeah, I'm probably going to get my breasts done, but I mean, I I think that it's fine either way. I'm not necessarily doing it because like I need to. I'm doing it because I'm like, hey, it'd be it'd be nice. <laughs> yeah, I I had uh, skin removed when I lost a lot of weight. I had a huge amount of skin, and I was so. It was it freaked me out so much because I had worked really, really hard to lose weight and then was left with something that nobody told me about. Like mm. I, there was not a single person that said, if you lose all this weight, you're going to have – and I mean billowing sails of wow. skin, huge flaps of sails. skin that you could hold. You're not going to say sails. I mean it really felt like a defl- – like a, if, if there was no breeze and <laughs> I had a sail in my skin – like you could put a tent pole under my skin I'm and so I'd sorry. fly I me like a kite. I'm not – I just think you're just very descriptive. Okay. It, it, this is what it felt like. It felt like uh, there was a weird movie with Vincent D'Onofrio where they like hang them by their skin and like do some weird thing with their dreams. Anyway, like, you know, I, I, one time doing another movie in New Orleans, I went to like a, a crazy show with a lot of bizarre people and one girl got hung by her skin, hooks in her skin and like spun around. It was oh my this goodness. wild, like crazy night. Of seeing this, and I would just imagine, like, if you hung me by my skin, I would win all of these freak contests because it was so insane. Wow. So I'm, I'm lose all this weight. I have all the skin. I feel like I've, I've now traded one thing for something else. And I, I don't know which is better or worse at this point. I, I, I really went and had like, myself kind of butchered and there was a lot of anxiety built into it and I felt very much like uh, I was cheating almost and it it was a it was a really awful period of my life because I then had anxiety to move you're supposed to sit still I mean I was literally cut in half and a huge amount of skin was removed and then I was stapled back together and you have to sit still for a long time. And I was like terrified I was going to gain weight. So I got up and was moving and active too soon, fell, tore myself open. Like it was, it couldn't have been worse. But the point is, so I've had this feeling of disdain for cosmetic stuff, Mm. but it was not not in a judgmental way, just for myself. Anyway, but the, this is a long-winded story to get to the no. point. The point is we had a, a plastic surgeon on the show and he radically changed my mind. And he was like, do you, do you brush your hair? I don't have hair, so I don't do that. But like, do you, do you wash your clothes? Do you shower? Do you put on deodorant? Mm-hmm. All of these things are an effort to present yourself in a certain way. Yeah. There's no difference. And this guy was talking about how, like, you lost this weight. You deserve the body you want. And yeah. a real artist can give you that. And, uh, and and I, you know, I had the, these procedures done seven, 15 years ago. Wow. And uh, for 15 years, I kind of had this weird resentment, like, because I also then gained weight and I messed it all up. So I still have loose skin and crazy scars and like still some pain from where the scar didn't heal properly. Like all kinds of troublesome things. And the end of the day, I'm listening to this guy talk and I'm like, yeah, I actually think you're right. Like 
You're, yeah. you're changing my mind. What is the difference? I mean, it's 2020. We can we can have what we want, you know. Yeah, but I think that's the beautiful thing is that um, you know there's no reason to ever feel like you know you have to look a certain way or you can't look a certain way because every woman in the game, every woman in this business wears wigs. Every woman in this business wears makeup. You know, this kind of stuff that you see on set when people are, like, naked, legs are being airbrushed, legs are being, you know, leg makeup and all of that type of stuff. So it's just, like, it's really helped me in my journey because I'm, like, okay, I don't have to feel like I'm coming and, I, and I'm I'm not adequate. It's, like, no, that's why they have hair and makeup and that's why they have wigs and extensions and things so that you can look whatever you need to look like. But also when it comes to the surgery, I think um, – I think yeah. I think if you're gonna do it, just do it. Be safe. Don't go. Don't go to right. some place that's not like board certified and and stuff <laughs> right. like that. You know. I think wait till you have the money. For me, I've wanted to do this procedure for the past five years, and I just did what I could until I finally made enough money to where I could do it. And then after getting the money, it's like okay, well now I'm running into other loops because I have to make sure this doctor is good, this one is good. But I live in L.A., so Beverly Hills is too expensive. Like it's like figuring out all this stuff. But I think. Us as like entertainers and public figures, you know, the only problem I ever have with plastic surgery is that, you know, when you have people like the Kardashians t- saying that their asses are real or something like that and and that their hips are real and it's just like, but clearly they're not, you know. Right. It's like you have millions and millions of girls looking up to you and I wonder what it would be like if you would just be honest and be, be honest about it, right? Um, it, because you're a public figure and you're presenting this image that is not real. And and I think that's what I like about a lot of black women who have done it. You see the Cardi B's, the K Michelle's, they talk about the surgery. Cardi B did that? Yeah, she I don't know who K yeah. Michelle is, but I'm familiar with Cardi B. Yeah, they I mean like they both have openly talked about having injections and and I've seen a lot of other black entertainers who have done plastic surgery and that and talk about the regrets and and stuff like that. Whereas I think the Kardashians like benefit you know, and I don't mean to, like, get on the Kardashians. Like, you know, I, I think, you know, we keep buying into them and making them more rich and more famous. So, And we have we <laughs> got to remember, too, Kim did get a uh, – or helped to get a prison rep- reform bill passed, yeah, which I think yeah. is a big deal. Yeah, I think that – yeah, like, totally I think she's trying to use her platform in such a positive way. I just think that, hey, you know, if you're, if you're, if you're having procedures done, you don't have to tell us what doctor you went to. But, hey, it's like – you're having stuff done, like don't necessarily lie about it, right? It's just like be honest with us and just and be be real about it, you know. Yeah. So yeah, I I think you're I think you're dead on right with that because if we're going to emulate something and look up to something, and clearly they are tastemakers or uh, what's it called um, on Instagram where people look up to you. Influencers. Influencers. They're very clearly influencers Mm -hmm. as evidenced through my kids. All of them now have thick, dark eyebrows, which I think is kind of bizarre, but fine if that's what they want to do. We should – there should be a level of honesty because if you have a girl who is looking at this and knows there's no amount of squats or like Mm -hmm. hip thrusters that are going to get her that body – <laughs> and and then what's what's your alternative if you're dead set on that? What's your alternative? You got this is what you got to do. So it should be talked about. Like you know, are there downsides? Can you go? Like, is this something you could go get done? You know, in a mall in Pacoima, and maybe it's not a good idea. Right? You know what I mean? 
Yeah. And I think that that's what my position will be like. I'll probably definitely be open about what 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 I decide to do. I mean, I'm sure you will see more ass and more titties on my Instagram. So okay. if your wife don't, you, you better mute me. But um, <laughs> you know, I I imagine that I'm going to feel a lot more confident in in in, in putting on bathing suits and stuff like that, and and wearing crop tops and things. And I'm sure I get asked already about like, hey, oh my gosh, have you had facial feminization surgery? I'm like, no, I'm just you know naturally. What is you that? Know, I'm just kidding. What is that? Well, facial feminization surgery is like. Well, you are you asking? I'm asking. Oh, I don't yeah. know. Yeah, I guess it's like when, um, like, say that you wanted to transition, mm-hmm. right? Your your features are very, very. You have a yeah. Like, you have a lot. Uh, I like, don't have like, much of an Adam's app, but like yeah, stuff that. like that, and like I mean, after you do it, that like it leaves you really beat up, but then afterwards, it's like this beautiful canvas. But um, yeah, it, it just reconstructs everything. The doctor goes in and he wants you to have a more feminine nose, or you know, ears pinned back, or you know, hairline, or something like that. And yeah. um, but you know, I'm just like. I want to be able to answer those questions. Like if ever I get asked about like, oh, my gosh, your body looks so great. I'd be just like, yeah, I went to a nice BBL surgeon who was board certified in plastic surgery. Um, he cost $20,000. Yeah. Um, so make sure you save your money and go to someone because it's a very dangerous procedure. Right. Um, it's very dangerous. But um, I'm like putting trust in the fact that – The transfer yeah, is a dangerous one. The transfer is, is very dangerous. A lot of people – it's like the number one deadliest cosmetic procedure, which is why it's taken me now two years what, to – What makes it deadly? What – Happens. Well, because people are like injecting the fat. The people who are not board certified. I mean, some of the uh, consultations I've had, people weren't even board certified, and who were the so surgeons. it is like a mole in Pacoima, where it's yeah. just some guy who pulls they, fat out and puts it somewhere else. It, it could be like a spa clinic. It's as simple as a spa Ooh. clinic, and um, so that has been the hesitation for me. Obviously, I'm like, fuck, I wanted to do this for so long, and now it's like super dangerous. But also it's like people down going down in Miami, you have doctors who are injecting in like for like $3,000. And so I'm like, if I got to pay $15,000 more to, to have it done in Beverly Hills where they have a lot to lose and, you know, they're going they, – they're very well experienced and stuff like that. It's like I'd rather wait and do that because I'm, I don't want to get on a table and die trying right. to, to, to have something that maybe I really didn't even need. Yeah. So I think that's the importance of like if you're going to do the plastic surgery, like – just do the research. Don't rush to do it. Um, yes, there have been people who have done stuff and done silicone injections, and they are still alive and they're fine. But it can take one wrong injection, and your life is over. Yeah, and I just don't think it's worth it. I have too much to lose. No, I know. And <laughs> if we're if if the whole point is like trying to achieve some idea that makes us feel more us. Well, if we if we die in the process, then we really failed at that mission. Yeah. So you know, and especially since a part a lot of my thing is literal health, I'm going like, it's, there's got to be a balance. You know, I can't push yeah. myself so hard I have a heart attack and die. I do, uh, I do this progressive overload. So I start at basically what I can do, and I leave some room so I'm never working out so hard that I'm exhausted and I do it and I build up each week. So the final week is a really hard workout. And Mm -hmm. sometimes I'll do such a hard chest workout that my chest will cramp up when I'm turning the steering wheel on my car. Like this motion will get my chest to cramp up. And if there's a kid in the car 
and it's always my youngest kid. She always is like, you're having a heart attack. What's happening? You're working oh out God. too much. And she kind of panics. And I'm like, no, it's okay. No, it's just okay. The, just the cramp in the muscle, which I guess that's a heart attack too. But it's like different muscle. It's okay. We'll see. Um, well, yeah. But, you know, like there's got to be a balance. Well, yeah, the best thing for me is that I don't um, – like the reason I never worked out as much is because I to have to get up and travel to the gym and this and that – Honey, it's just too much, you know. And so for me, I found a way to um, th- through dancing. I, I did all the research, and they said dancing is the best, you know, workout, especially because I don't want to gain muscle mass. I don't want, you know, I just want to keep things very nice and slender. Yeah. And so um, I, I I just challenge that to anybody. I've been cha- challenging my friends and my sister, you know, to just work out for 30, 40, 40 minutes, four times a week, you know, just put on the, your favorite song. I put on Pandora or something. I put on the Beyonce Move Your Body. And I mean, five minutes in, you're already kind of pumped up and, you yeah. know, you're just moving the body and, and, and being active. I, I don't think that it has to be so complicated, right? Obviously, I think if you want a certain body image, right, and like you're 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 a guy, so you know you guys have to lift weights and do certain things, right? Whereas I think um, for women like me who just just want to make sure that you're being active and being healthy, I'm like this is the best way, and I and to see the results, you know, um, happening, I'm definitely like I can't wait to have this surgery so that way I can get back to just. Working everything out in the yeah. way that it is, and just and just being fine because the hardest part for people is finding that routine that really works for you and your body. Yeah, you know, and and for me, I'm just like, oh, I can lose weight, I can slim down by just exercising or doing it in this way. So now I'm like, half the battle is done. Yeah, I think it's so good to find something that doesn't feel like work. Yeah. Like I like lifting weights. It, I'm never in a gym lifting weights thinking like this is miserable. I can't – I mean occasionally. <laughs> but mostly I'm like into it and I feel better. And I had that once with dancing. I'm not a dancer at all. My wife and I were in Ireland for a wedding and I, I – we were in the middle of nowhere staying at this big house and there was no gym. And I was a little panicked about not getting some exercise in and then at the after party or whatever, the wedding party, sh- she said, come dance with me. And I'm like, I don't dance. This is not something that, I'm, you know, a tough guy Tough does. macho yeah, guy. Yeah, I don't – we don't do that. And she was <laughs> like, you'll burn a lot of calories dancing. Boom. I was on go. the dance floor. And I then loved it and danced for hours and mm. had a great time. And I could totally see that kind of exhilaration because – like if you're – if you go into it to work out, then you might just wind up loving dancing. It's right. Great. Yeah, and I, I freaking love it. Like I said, for me, it, it, sometimes it gets tough, right? Obviously, I'm in the house, so this is my routine all the time, you know? So it, there are days where you get a little bit lazy, but I think that the moment that it snaps for you when you commit to doing it and say, I'm just going to put on a song right now and just you start to feel that beat, then you get up. And, yeah. And my thing, too, that I, I, I started out doing before this was um, I would – Put on my headphones, and I lo- I, lo- I got these new AirPods from Fox. I'm just like, woo, thank you. They're like the best because now I can really move around and dance yeah. with it really loud in my ear. And I put on full-on concerts in my bathroom. So, and, and this was great because you know when I booked Empire, I had to basically lip sync, and so <laughs> you know that's kind of what I do. And so I work out for an hour, and then um, I'll transition to my bathroom. I have a whole microphone and a mic stand and everything. That's awesome. And, and I have a little fan to blow the hair like Beyonce. And this is a true story. I just, 
I go in, you know, and for maybe about an hour, I mean, I'm doing ballads. I'm doing, you know, Beyonce numbers, Lady Gaga numbers. I'm doing full-on dances, and I'm walking around, and I'm as if I'm on stage in front of all these people. And I've gotten so crazy to where I upload the tracks on Audacity, and I put an audience cheering track throughout the whole thing, and I filter it so that way it sounds like the audience is cheering me on. And I know I'm crazy, but it's great. And I would have never thought doing that, and then end, and then having to do it in real life, yeah, for, on on the set of Empire in front of 600, 700 extras on this huge stage. It's like that was great practice. Right. So you know, everybody has those moments where you're in the bathroom practicing your uh, daytime Emmy speech, which yes. you're going to win one, and um, <laughs> I'm going to win my Image Award, yes, in my BET Award. Yeah. And so everybody has those moments, right? Us as entertainers, I feel like. That's all we do. We we have this imagination, right? You have it. You put it on paper. You bring it to life. So to me, it's not like far fetched to 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 dream and to um, you know come up with ways that's just the bet that works the best for you. Yeah, I don't know why it was so hard for me to. I think I think I when I really try to break down, I think it's about inertia, and I go into being a kid and not having any motivation to start anything physical as a kid. And now I definitely know starting new things can be really tough. But like once something catches me, I'm in. Like there's no stopping me now. Yeah. Yeah. I I wish I had figured that out earlier. Um, But I also think like our journey is what our journey is. And if I'd figured it out earlier, Mm -hmm. I might not be here now talking about it. And maybe I'm doing a service to somebody by talking about it, which I hope. Yeah, everything's a process. Like I said, I think the coronavirus was like something that woke me up to say, hey, start taking better care of yourself. Yeah. You know, start washing your hair more, you know, start, you know, start shampooing it in and just doing all the stuff that you normally wouldn't do when you're in the fucking house by yourself. It's like. You you have to just how do we make this work to where it's not like I'm trapped here? Yeah, you know what I mean. Like set up, I set up a whole studio for myself tapes and like so I have this room and this and this. So it's just like you adapt your life to it. You know, I feel like we all needed this pandemic. You know, I hate it. Like I said, I, I was talking to you earlier. You know, I've lost three friends. I just lost my stepdad to Corona to COVID nineteen, and um, it's scary. You know, my friends were, were twenty nine and thirty. You know, and they're they're my age, and so it's unfortunate and and it's sad. But this is what we need. We yeah. need to fucking shake shit up, especially now. Um, Jacob, I can't think of the young man's name, was just murdered in Wisconsin, shot seven times by the police. Did he die? He, he didn't die. He survived, thank right. God. And I hope he sues the shit out of them, defunds the fucking police. And um, you know, it's just it's so sad. And it's like we us in America, it's like we can't get the shit together. Like, I don't understand it, right? Like, why are we still dealing with this? We just had the, what, the largest civil rights movement. And yet now on camera, I have to look at a young black man my age being shot seven times in the back with his three young children in the car. It's just like, whatever happened to shooting somebody in the leg or, or, or one time? Not once, not twice, not three times, but seven times. I just hey, it's a bizarre. It's just I think we we just need this we needed this pandemic to really make a lot of people stop and really think about their lives, think about the decisions they make, you know, reevaluate what it means to be healthy and to take care of your body, right? And so I hope that we can come out of this and things will never be the same, but that, you know, obviously it's much better, but 
that people have this just a better understanding and appreciation for life. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, it is, it's a, it's a precious thing. And as we're seeing, it's a very fragile thing. I hope that a lot of the, I hope that a lot of the stats on mortality that kind of get, well, this is an acceptable rate Mm -hmm. of death get kind of looked at a little bit like what is an acceptable rate of death um we've made uh fast food highly accessible and we have a massive rate of heart disease like really really massive so there's probably some correlation there i i don't know what the solution is because obviously i don't want food to become really expensive but there's got to be some way that it's gone like we go like hey diabetes is is massively on the rise this is a real thing you know what you need you need people to um go to the doctor because they are having maybe breathing issues or something like that right because that's what happened to me right a month into you know quarantine i couldn't breathe I, i for the life of me i couldn't figure it out what it was because I hadn't seen anybody. I hadn't ordered anything. I'd been in the house. Yeah. And I was like, I can't breathe. I'm, I feel like I'm like catching my breath. And I let this go on for a month because I was afraid to go to the hospital. And it just got to the point where I was like, something's going on. And I went to the hospital and the doctor did an EKG on my heart. And she said there was some stuff that was kind of crazy. She said some stuff looked kind of scary. And so she wanted me to go see a cardiologist. And obviously, I'm freaking the fuck out. I mean, the worst thing that's ever happened to me is I broke out in hives one time. I thought I was dying. And um, she's like, no, just take some Lorotidine. Um, But I go to the cardiologist. They spend 30 minutes doing the ultrasound on my heart. The doctor comes in and he's like, go home, take a fucking Xanax. You're fine. And it was my anxiety, right? But it was something about going in and her potentially seeing something wrong with my heart. Yeah. That really made me stop and think about all the bullshit decisions that I make in terms of my health and my wellness. And I'm just like, I'm not, I don't want to ever get there. And and I racked up a $30,000 medical bill for a two-hour visit. Yeah. Luckily, I have good insurance. Right. I paid $185, but $30,000 to do x-rays and stuff like that. Ridiculous. To get told that to get this told is that anxiety. It's anxiety, right? Yeah. I mean, $30,000. Calm down, take a bath, go for a walk. That's, that's what more people need. Yeah. More people need to, you know, have a health, have a health, a fake health scare, rack up a $30,000 fucking deal, <laughs> and I guarantee you they'll stay away out of the fucking drive-thru. Yeah. So for me, that that's what it was. It was just like, I never want to get to that point. To have to go into a doctor, if I have to go into a doctor, it's going to be because of the shit that I can't control. Yeah. But if I can control the way that I eat and 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 the way that I that I exercise and by exercise or whatever, then I'm going to make sure that right. That's why I don't drink. That's why I don't smoke. Right. Because I know those things. They say they they are the leading in in everything of of cause of cancer, death, everything. Yeah. So I'm like, I don't do that kind of stuff. Right. I'm I'm not going to die because of some shit that I could have controlled. Right. Just saying. Uh, yeah, and I think at the end of the day, I I think the 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 deck is sta- the cards are stacked against us. However, that saying goes, I think the system is built up um, for us to fail. Mm-hmm. It's very easy to not succeed at what we're talking about. Um, the way advertising works, and the way that food subsidization works, and and just the way that the marketplace works with this, you know, like 
selling sugary cereal to kids and chocolate milk and Happy Meals and all of this. Like I I salivate 10 times driving home passing billboards. Okay. You know, like there's a place in Koreatown called Jollibee, I think it's called. It's Jollibee Kore- Chicken. Yeah. And I drive <gasps> by that and I'm just like, it's calling my name. It's 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 horrible. But it's magical too. I know. I've never been there, but I, I thought so it was Joe. Bo- I thought it was Joe Belichick, and I was just like, Maybe Jesus is. is calling Maybe me. Maybe I'm <laughs> saying it wrong. But let me say that the Koreans have figured out fried chicken. Mm. It's really good, and I'm not knocking Popeyes or KFC for that matter. They have a KFC they have in KFC Korea. In Korea town. Town. Yeah, yeah. This, I it's mean, good. it's so good. I'm gonna. Have, I, I might have to. I haven't had fried chicken. I'm not trying to encourage months, you but, to go but no, have this. No, no, no. That that no. I'm totally fine with that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. I, I, and like I said, I think it's fine to cheat every now and then, right? Right. But it's like you have to make sure that that you're doing the other stuff, right? And the way that the way that my life had been constructed, certainly prior to me making a massive change, that was the norm. All of that stuff was the regular occurrence, and occasionally I would have a salad or some vegetables or something that was like – that I thought of as healthy. You know, right. Or a chicken not fried with, with no skin on it, something like this. You know, mm-hmm. That was the rare exception and I would go like, OK, well, I, I did that. And I was, you know, and I was 500 pounds and not even thinking about like – let me lose 100 pounds, just 100, you know. It was just yeah. like I don't even really know how much I weigh and I'm I'm just going through life do, doing whatever makes me feel good. And I was really headed for something bad. Listen, I'm not knocking it. If you are a professional video game player and you love Domino's Pizza and two liters of Coke, do it. That's fine. I'm not saying you can't do it. But for a long time – I was going through life not thinking about what I wanted from my body mm. and it was a massive wake up when I did, when I when I kind of thought about what, what can I do with my body? What can my body do for me? How can I feel every day? And it's a big deal to feel to, – to realize how uncomfortable I was. Yeah. And I think the best thing too is that um, – what I, what I love about when I had that little health scare is that she's just like, no, you just don't want to get to the point where you have it, right? right? And so it's like, okay, sure, I can cut out all the extra shit that I'm doing, right? And it's like, sure, can I have a box of Mike and Ike's once a month? Maybe, right? Yeah. It's just like, don't have a fucking box every fucking week. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so I think that that's the misconception is that people people think that, oh, in order to be healthy, it's just like you have to cut out everything. It's like, no, don't allow yourself to get to the point where you, you you have something that's irreversible or in order to reverse it, you have to, to go vegan, right. right? It's like people have lived long lives eating meat, right? It's just like don't eat a lot of red meat, especially if you're black. And, you know, if you're going to eat chicken, just grill it. Like the easiest thing for me because I hate fucking cooking, right. I throw everything in the broiler. Yeah. Salmon's done in like 10 minutes. Chicken's done in 10 minutes. Yeah. You know, it's the easiest shit in the world, and right? it's delicious. <laughs> and it's delicious. Yeah, you get like the little crispy parts from the – near the flame. It's fantastic. Near the flame. Yeah. yeah, and get you a steamer. I invested in getting a steamer. And it's so funny that, like, when I was watching your podcast, it's just, like, all about health and shit and, like, the body. And I'm like, this is funny because I feel like I'm on this new journey. So I'm like, we have something to talk about. Yeah. Um, <laughs> because neither one of us are working right now. I'm just yeah. kidding. Well, I mean, there's I'm not kidding. much to do. 
Yeah, no, I just, um, yeah, I'm like, what can I do to make cooking exciting and the easiest thing? And for me, that's getting a steamer where I can steam my brown rice and my veggies on top, and I can throw my chicken in the broiler for 10 minutes. Easiest shit. I can I use foil. I don't use pans in anything because I don't like washing a lot of dishes. And so I get disposable little foil, and I wrap it up so the juice don't seep out. And it's just super easy. Can I just say that at some point in the quarantine, my kids, my youngest kids have to do the dishes, and they started wrapping their plates in foil. And I, I didn't understand it at first, but I was like, okay, they're weird and whatever they're doing with this foil nonsense. And then finally one day I was like, what are you doing? And they, and they said, we're saving. We don't have to wash these plates now. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, you got a lot of girls over there. I sure do. You have a lot of girls. I remember you were like showing me pictures. I was like, he's such a daddy's girl. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Wow. Okay, well, Alexandra, thank you so much for joining me. This has been an absolute pleasure. I look forward to our next conversation. Same. Thank you for having me. And now for the Q&A. Dan writes on bulking and cutting. Is rotating between bulking and cutting necessary to build muscle and lose fat weight? I've lost about 70 pounds, but as soon as I added in weights and increased protein, it became significantly difficult to see any movement on the scale. I probably only have about 20 more pounds of fat to lose. The bulking cutting thing makes me nervous because I've identified changes in my routine as the greatest threat to my overall fitness health. That is a great question, Dan. I have not personally done a proper scientific bulking or uh, the latest nomenclature for that is massing uh, phase yet. The massing phase I did lasted a couple of years. I gained 150 pounds, definitely a bunch of muscle, but way too much fat. So I totally understand the trepidation with doing that. From what I gather, it is really difficult to lose fat and build muscle at the same time. It's not impossible but it's really difficult. So some of the options are steroids or genetics or never having worked out before. So if, you've, if you're brand new to diet and exercise and you just go in and it, I believe it is possible in that instance to lose fat and gain muscle at the same time. But otherwise, for a guy like me who's been dieting for 18 years, for mostly for 18 years, Yes, I have to concentrate on fat loss and heavily on maintenance periods. I cannot emphasize enough how valuable I think maintenance periods are. I'm sure people will eventually get sick of hearing me talk about them, but I do think that's kind of the whole game. Like if you've if you're a dieter like I am, you know it's super easy to lose weight. Like you stick to a diet, you lose weight. Sometimes hard to start it, but once you're doing it, you can do it. You get to the end, boom just as easy to gain weight back. So maintenance where you're actively working on neither gaining or losing weight, for me, that's the entire game of successful dieting. And yes, to to build muscle, you, you're going to gain weight. It's going to be a total bummer and going to involve a lot of like uh, mental hurdles I'm going to have to get over because I've been successfully watching the numbers on the scale go down for a long time, and any time I see them go up, it freaks me out. Um, but building muscle also involves a little bit of fat gain from everything I've read, unless you're doing a ton of steroids. 
so yeah, I believe that's the only way to do it. I cannot emphasize enough again uh, maintenance periods, and and I think that also the thing about the scale to I don't know how often you're weighing yourself, Dan, but I am down to m- at most twice a week weighing myself, and my desperate need to see that number go down every time I get on the scale has largely gone away. And this is a lot also because during maintenance periods, I'm getting on the scale wanting to see the exact same number. Now, it floats a pound or two above, a pound or two below, and this is fine. And I had to, I had to actually get my wrap my head around that too. I want to see the same number or plus two or minus two of this number I have in mind as I'm doing maintenance. And I just think it's a healthy thing to to build into your practice where I am trying to figure out my life. I am not trying to lose weight only to gain weight again. I've done that enough. I'm not interested in it anymore. I'm over that. I want to I want to get to a weight and maintain it. I want to have a goal of building two or three pounds of muscle. I want to see that goal through. And then I want to lose the four or five pounds of fat that comes with that. And I, and I want to hit these maintenance periods really like my life depends on them and, and understand what it means to maintain my weight. These are the things that are most important to me. Um, I totally empathize with these feelings of anxiety about the scale and the weight not going down. And this is just something I think we have to get over. I don't know how much more weight you have to lose. If you have to lose a huge amount of weight still, then maybe it's good. It would be good to concentrate on weight loss before you concentrate on on uh, muscle building. Yeah. That is my advice to you, Dan. Thank you for the question. If you have a question you'd like me to answer on the show, please submit it to AmericanGlutton.net. Thanks for listening to this episode of American Glutton. I'm Ethan Suplee, and as always, joined by my chaperone, Paige Dorian. Follow us on Instagram at American Glutton Podcast. Sincerely. <laughs>